I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everyone, and welcome to The Reluctant Historian. This is the podcast where I try to show my husband that history is actually cool. I'm your host, Liz Lawson, and this is our Reluctant Historian, Dakota Lawson. On this podcast, I'll tell him a story from history, and he'll share his unapologetic thoughts and opinions. So if you love history, or you absolutely hate it, this podcast is for you. On today's episode, Dakota, we are talking about a woman named Viola Desmond. That sounds familiar. Really? Viola Desmond. Have you ever brought up before? Her? Yes, I have. Yes, yes, I have brought her up to you before. I don't, I know nothing about her, but just that, uh, I've got this like- The name sounded familiar. Yeah, it's familiar. Got it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's a black civil rights activist from Canada, and she's also on our $10 bill. What? Really? Mm-hmm. We, uh, clearly, I haven't seen money in a while. <laughs> since, <laughs> Which since, is many. How long has she been on our $10 bill? I'm sure I have it written down here somewhere, um, but I don't know For exactly. a while. Oh, not like a long time. Yeah. Like, just recently. Re- oh, really? Yeah. I, I mean, we used to have like- White men? That's well. That's what I was thinking. I'm. I'm like. I thought it was just like white dudes that were on our mm-hmm. on our bills. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. Well, I'm the uh, color. Me intrigued. Cool. Purple, because that's the color of the ten dollar bill. <laughs> okay. I guess I'm purple now. <laughs> <laughs> purple me intrigued. Purple me intrigued. I don't know where that means, but. <laughs> so sit down, buckle up, and get ready to listen to the history of Viola Desmond. by recognizing that we are recording on Treaty 6 territory and the homeland of the Métis Nation. We make this acknowledgement and recognition that we are settlers here on the land that belongs to the many different First Nations of Canada. Dakota? Yes? What is your golden nugget? Oh, let me tell you about my golden nugget. Please tell me, but I think I know what it is. Uh, (laughs) You always, always, uh, whenever I say it, what what my golden nugget is, you always are like... I thought it was going to be this other thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that happened. But I'm guessing we're on the same page uh, this time, uh, which is my potentially going back to school. Oh, that's not what I thought. What did you think it was going to be? <laughs> Jeez, really? Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be your garden box. I, I was going to say that as a joke. I was going to be like... Uh, uh, Thinking that you were thinking the school thing, and then I was gonna be like, "Ah, oh, yes, my garden again." But no. Um. Okay. Well, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. One, two. Then. Okay. Well, why don't you tell the listeners about you and your big plans? Yeah. So I'm gonna grow a really nice garden. That's not the one. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I want to talk about that first. I okay. did. I did plant all my garden boxes and my tomatoes, and they look fabulous. And it 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 was it was a very it was a very fun experience mm. getting to plant them all. It took a few hours, but it was like 
I don't know. Exhilarating in a weird way. And I got burnt while I was watching you, and it was cloudy that day, and I'm very pale. You are very pale. Anyways, schooling. Uh, We've been talking about potentially sending me back to school, uh, which would be... Back to school. Back to school. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Billy Madison? Oh! (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm singing it wrong. Okay, no, but that was pretty good. And now that I think think Adam Sandler, I I can definitely hear it in the way you were saying it. So you were doing a pretty good impression. (laughs) Show my daddy I ain't no fool. My shoes tied up. My boots. I don't know it. I hope I don't get in a fight. <laughs> Back to school. That's funny. I would actually like to rewatch that movie. I haven't seen it for a long time. I'm sorry. I keep stealing your thunder. Tell well, the listeners you... about going back to no, school. It's, no, it's good. I, uh... Yeah. So you last week had brought up, I think it was last Sunday, you, you always throw out job ideas of potential things I could do. And uh, you brought up, um, what about a uh, elementary teacher? Yes. And normally when you bring up job ideas, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. It's really fun every time I do that. It is. It (laughs) is for both of us. But this time I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe. And then you describe some stuff to me. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been toying around with the idea of uh, me teaching like second or third grade. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'd be a, I think I'd be a fun teacher, get to like, you know, run around the classroom and uh if i'm reading to them i can do all my voice voices that i enjoy doing and yeah. you know just be that you know fun and cool teacher yeah um yeah so i mean we sent uh an email to admissions today just to ask a question of course it's already deadline was already due in february so i couldn't go this year yeah. but you know this would give us time to uh, pay off debt and then just kind of yeah so listeners if you want to help fund dakota go back to school we can start a gofundme for that yeah no well th- no dear uh podcasters start patreons okay? right okay so <laughs> that's what we're doing yeah uh would so it be great though if we like got like really big and our podcast funded you to go back to school that would be cool so tell all your friends about us Please and rate us five do. stars yes uh this is a shameless plug. shameless plug as it were so yeah so we're uh just kind of going around with the idea and i'm kind of excited about it which is weird scared but excited yeah which i think is really normal to be Mm -hmm. scared about big change but also i'm really excited because i think you would be an excellent elementary school teacher and the ladies in the office also think you would be an excellent elementary school teacher well thank you and thank you to the ladies in the office Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh who are also teachers so they would know yeah yeah yes (laughs) um but yeah so We'll see, we'll see what comes of it, but I'm I, also very excited because it would mean that we would get the same holidays. Yeah. Which, would which be is cool. a really big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we could go exploring in the summertime. So cool. Yeah. It would be good. But we could do like on location podcasting. That's true. Yeah. We'd be like, here, we are, we're down in Maui thanks to your Patreon subscription. <laughs> Let Thank us you. tell you about the volcano. Yeah, Actually, I, I don't even know if Maui has a volcano. Yeah. And then we're also sponsored by Me Undies and HelloFresh. We do have MeUndies. We do, and I used to have HelloFresh. Anyways, I think it would be cool. It would take a long time for like a four-year... Although I did go to school for a year, and I passed a few classes uh, back in 2011. So 
apparently they transfer over. So yeah. then like, it wouldn't be a complete waste that year that I did. So. Yeah, so you'd have to do about three and a half years. Yeah, which would be which would be all right. Um, but yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. what about you? What's your golden nugget? Well, I've started watching Criminal Minds again. Uh huh. And I'm very into it. Yeah, it's a very good show. And that is all. <laughs> who's who's your favorite character? Reed, obviously. Yeah, Reed is really good. He's so sweet. He's just a young man. Yeah, but I, I'm partial to Gideon, though. The actor who plays Gideon, I I don't understand. Like, I really like Gideon, too. But I don't understand the choices he's making in playing him with the facial expressions that he makes sometimes. Like, sometimes he just looks like so fucking hype about something that's happening and it's like and then the man cut off his nose and wore it as a hat and gideon's like yes <laughs> he, it's just it's, he gets off on this kind of i don't stuff, know I it's really bizarre and then like i don't know he runs a lot but he's he old... does look silly when he runs i know so like love gideon think he's yeah. a great character yeah mandy patinkin the person that plays him also great his but... name's mandy yeah i think he's russian oh r- really I think so. Interesting. I've made that up completely. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Well, I've just never heard the name Mandy for a guy, so that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, so... Uh, I'm well, going to start going by Mandy. No. Hey, don't step in the way of my dreams. That's fair. <laughs> uh, no, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a great show. So I've been I've been enjoying casually watching it with you occasionally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's been good. It's like 15 seasons. Got lots to get into. 15? I thought it was like 12. Is it 15? I think it's fifteen. Oh, maybe they only total. have maybe they only have twelve on Netflix. Then. That could be the case. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But who knows? Very so, cool. Lots to go get in depth with murdering. But I was realizing today that I have been paying attention to a lot of murdering in terms of Criminal Minds, and then the podcasts that I listen to. I was like, wow, I don't really listen to anything like other than how these people kill people. But to be fair, I think a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think <laughs> this is just you. I think true. so many people are into them because, and I can see why I'm, Criminal Minds is fascinating. Yeah. But I also really like it because I have a really hard time getting into, um, like, episodic, I think is the word we use, episodic stories where it's like, you know, each episode leads into the next episode so right. like uh like a umbrella academy right like i yeah. started watching that really enjoyed it but i was like ugh, why is it not over yet yeah. and i was like six six episodes in i only have two more episodes and i'm like well i don't really care yeah to finish it but at least with like a criminal minds or an svu it ends like the story essentially yeah. ends in that episode which mm-hmm. really makes me feel safe <laughs> oh, you feel safe <laughs> <laughs> okay why safe <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but one uh, one last thing I want to say about that. I'm I'm kind of the opposite where I do enjoy it, but it almost feels like filler a lot of the time. I know that's what they're going for is each episode is a different case and stuff like that, but um I really like a s- storyline that goes like feeds into each episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's hit and miss with with Criminal Minds. I'm like I enjoy that I can just watch it with you and see it, but it's not a show that I would watch from beginning to end because there's very little like connecting tissue throughout the whole series yeah i think that the story arcs are bigger and longer so Mm -hmm. like i know something really big happened with Derek morgan a couple episodes ago and i'm sure that we're gonna come back to it but like knowing what i know about like svu and stuff it's like these big things that happen um don't usually come back until like four seasons later and you're Mm -hmm. like oh remember this time in season one when this thing happened really yeah so interesting yeah like bigger story arcs yeah 
Okay. Yeah. Well, shall we get into Viola Davis, is it? Well, Desmond, but Davis is also part of her name. But um, oh. you have something to tell the listeners about episode 20. Oh, that first, yes. So, listeners, uh, as teased a number of weeks ago, uh, I am going to be teaching you something next week. It's very exciting. It, it is. Uh, I have the topic picked, finally. I haven't started researching it. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be a great university student. <laughs> <laughs> Procrastination out the waz. I mean, that's pretty typical. Yeah. So, yeah. Look forward to listening about. I'm not gonna tell you. You'll have to tune in next week to find <laughs> out. Uh, yeah. So, um, the episode that we're doing today is a little bit shorter. Um, I had written it a couple, like just when we first started out. Um, because the episode that I did have planned for today ended up becoming a two-parter because it's, again, about 20 pages long. And we decided we would do that one after Dakota's episode. So yeah. this one's going to be a little bit shorter, listeners. Yeah, but look forward to next week when I can uh, try to teach you something nerdy with intrigue. Hopefully, I'm, I try, I'm trying to find a way to make it like, yeah, it's nerdy something I'm interested in. But that there might be a level of interest from people who aren't interested in that thing. Mm -hmm. And I am going to practice my one-liners to be funny. (laughs) Because that's not my strong point. Yeah. I I, I could throw in my own one-liner. I'll I'll write my own jokes. (laughs) I'll be like, or I'll just feed them to you. I'll be like, okay, so I said this. Say this. And then I'll pass you the... (laughs) my computer <laughs> can't wait this will this will be a real zinger that the audience will love so good yeah. all right viola desmond was a civil rights activist and businesswoman of black nova scotian descent in 1946 she challenged racial segregation at a cinema in nova scotia by refusing to leave a whites only area of the roseland theater for this she was convicted of a minor tax violation for the one cent difference between the seat she had paid for and the seat that she used, which was more expensive. Desmond's case is one of the most publicized incidents of racial discrimination in Canadian history and helped start the modern civil rights movement in Canada. So, uh, I'll jump into this quickly here. They had a whites-only area? Did they have, like, a sign that said whites-only? Or how does that work? It's pretty fucked up. Yes. So, 1946, segregation. i not super familiar with how canada did it yeah. um but definitely in the states you would have like coloreds only water fountains and you know bathrooms that black people were only allowed to use or or diners that they weren't allowed to come into so i think i think canada didn't have like out and i could be wrong so listeners if i am wrong call me out on that but um i think in canada it was like more implicit so it was like people just knew that mm. you couldn't sit there Right. But they didn't have, like, signs that said that. Well, we're Canadians. We're politer, I guess. <laughs> I don't know I if that's know. more polite. No, I, I know. I'm just making a joke. But that's uh, fucking awful. Mm-hmm. So, Viola Desmond, knee Davis. So, N-E-E means maiden name was Davis. So, you got it right when you said that, Viola Davis. But Wait, did, did you say Davis at any point? No, I didn't. You're a psychic, babe. Well... So I'm not going to school to become a teacher anymore. I am now a psychic. Oh, good. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon and I will read your fortune. <laughs> we don't actually have a Patreon yet. Unless you request one. Right. So she was born on July 6, 1914, and she was one of 10 children of James Albert and Gwendolyn Irene Davis. Gwendolyn? Yes. 
her parents were highly regarded in the black community. Her father, James Albert Davis, was raised in a middle-class black family and had worked for a number of years as a... Steve Dorr? Yeah, Steve's door. <laughs> I don't just, know he's, I... he's just like, <laughs> this guy named Steve, he's just his door. <laughs> I'm really confused what I, what I typed here. Because uh, obviously I, I wrote this in January. Right. Um, I don't know what he was. This isn't a word. <laughs> Steve's door isn't a word? No. <laughs> okay, well, he Anyways, wor- he had a job. <laughs> he was employed. Yes, but then he became a barber and like a really, um, like highly regarded barber. So that's the more important thing. He was a barber and that's mm-hmm. how he like got regard in the black community. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, her mother, Gwendolyn, was the daughter of a white minister and his wife, who had moved to Halifax from New Haven, Connecticut. So her mother was white and his fa- her father was black. Oh, interesting. Yeah. In 1914, or yeah. even earlier than that, that's... Uh, Pretty progressive. Yeah, that's like, I'm assuming that wasn't super okay with people. Yeah, because like I s- I'm about to say, although racial mixing was not uncommon in the early 20th century Halifax, intermarriage was a rare occurrence. Nonetheless, her parents were accepted into the black community, where they became active and prominent members of various community organizations. Growing up... Viola noted the absence of professional hair and skincare products for black women and set her sights on addressing this need. Because she was black, she was not allowed to train to become a beautician in Halifax, so she left and received beautician training in Montreal, Atlantic City, and New York. When she finished her training, she returned to Halifax to start her own hair salon. In the early part of the 20th century, with the advent of new hairstyles that demanded special products and maintenance and an emphasis on fashion trends and personal grooming, Beauty parlors offered opportunities for female entrepreneurs. Black women, in particular, were able to discover opportunities not otherwise available. Beauty parlors became a center of social contact within the black community, allowing shop owners to achieve a position of status and authority. In addition to the salon, Desmond opened up the Desmond School of Beauty Culture so that black women would not have to travel as far as she had to receive proper training. She expanded her businesses across the province. Catering to women from Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Quebec, the students were provided with the skills required to open their own businesses and provide jobs for other black women within their communities. Each year, as many as 15 women graduated from the school, all of whom had been denied admission to whites-only training schools. Desmond also started her own line of beauty products, Vise Beauty Products, which she marketed and sold herself. Black persons in Canada, and certainly in Nova Scotia, were aware that an unwritten code constrained their lives. Sometimes the limits were difficult to foresee. So this, I guess, kind of answers what we were talking about before. But segregation wasn't enforced by law like it was in the States. However, communities and businesses such as shops, theaters, and restaurants made their own unofficial rules. The racism in the United States was truly in your face. In Canada, the racism was very polite, sort of undercover. And this is a quote from the Honorable Mayan Francis, former lieutenant governor of Nova Scotia. See, I told you they were were much more polite in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's better, though. (laughs) Um, So to the story of her actual civil rights activism and what started. While on a business trip on November 8th, 1946, Viola's car broke down on the drive in a city called New Glasgow. She was told that she would have to wait one day before the parts came in to fix it. To pass the time while waiting, she went to see a film at the Roseland Film Theatre. There were no formal laws enforcing segregation in the movie theaters in New Glasgow, and the theater had no sign telling its patrons about the policy, but the main floor seats were reserved for white patrons. 
At the Roseland Theater, Desmond requested a ticket for a seat on the main floor. The ticket seller handed her a ticket to the balcony instead, as the main floor, as we know, was reserved for white people. Walking into the main floor seating area, she was challenged by the ticket taker, who told her that her ticket was for an upstairs seat, where she would have to move to. Thinking that this was a mistake, Desmond returned to the cashier and asked her to exchange the ticket for a downstairs one. The cashier refused, saying, I'm sorry, I'm not permitted to sell downstairs tickets to you people. Whoa. Realizing the cashier was referring to the color of her skin, Desmond decided to take a seat on the main floor anyways. Whoa. What a, what a baller. Desmond was then confronted by the manager, Henry McNeil, who argued that the theater had the right to refuse admission to any objectionable person. Desmond pointed out that she had not been refused admission and had, in fact, been sold a ticket, which she still had in her hand. She added that she had attempted to exchange it for a main floor ticket and was willing to pay the difference in cost, but she had been refused. When she declined to leave her seat, she was forcefully removed from the theater by a police officer, which caused injury to her hip and knee in the process. She was also arrested and spent 12 hours in jail. Shocked and frightened, she maintained her composure, as she related later, sat bolt upright all night long. Just, like, just fuming? Just sitting there? I don't think she was fuming. I think she was just so hurt. Mm. And, like, I mean, we have no way of knowing because we are white and privileged. But I think, you know, she probably had to maintain some sort of, like, effect, I guess, of herself. Right. I think you, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to if you watch the Heritage Moment about this. They, I remember those. Yeah, they have a they do a really good job of telling this story, and and the actor that portrays Viola doesn't look like she's mad. She, it's hard to explain. Watch the watch watch the heritage moment. <laughs> okay. So, but I don't think she was. I mean, she obviously she was angry, but I don't yeah. think that that's why she was trying to maintain her oh, okay. composure. In the morning, Desmond was taken to court and charged with attempting to defraud the provincial government based on her alleged refusal to pay a one-cent amusement tax, which is the difference in tax between the upstairs ticket and the downstairs ticket. The tax on the balcony price of 30 cents a ticket was 2 cents, and the tax on the floor price of a 40-cent ticket was 3 cents. Doesn't sound like that much in today's standard, but uh, was that a law back in the day? No, but what really it is, the point is that they were just trying to charge her with something and being like, you're defrauding the government. You have to go to jail. And it's like, no. But they needed something to, like, charge her with. Right, yeah. Even though she had indicated when she was confronted at the theater that she was willing to pay the difference between the two ticket prices and that her offer had been refused, the judge chose to fine her $26. Six of those dollars were awarded to the manager of the Roseland Theater, who was listed in the court proceedings as the prosecutor. Throughout the trial, Desmond was not provided with any counsel, so she didn't have a lawyer, or informed that she was entitled to any. At no point in the proceedings was the issue of race mentioned. Still, it was clear that Desmond's real offense was that she had violated the implicit rule that black persons were to sit only in the balcony seats, segregated from the white persons on the main floor. Upon returning to Halifax, Desmond discussed the matter with her husband, and his advice was to let it go. Like many other black Nova Scotians, he had grown accustomed to the racist attitudes that prevailed in the province, and he was inclined to let the issue rest. Take it to the Lord with a prayer was his suggestion. However, she then sought the advice of the leaders of her church, who encouraged her to take action. With their support, Desmond decided to fight the charge in court. Following this decision, the story was picked up by Carrie Best, who wrote for The Clarion, the first black-owned and published newspaper in Nova Scotia. 
Best had herself experienced a similar event at the Roseland Theater five years prior and had unsuccessfully filed a civil suit against the theater's management. With the help of her church and the Nova Scotia Association for the Advancement of Colored People, Desmond hired a lawyer named Frederick Bissett, who represented her in the criminal trials and attempted, unsuccessfully, to file a lawsuit against the Roseland Theater. During subsequent trials, the government insisted on arguing that this was a case of tax evasion. Mm. A provincial... Classic. A provincial act regulating cinemas and movie theaters required the payment of an amusement tax based on the price of the theater ticket. And we already talked about that. And was it never brought up at any point? I mean, I'm sure it was, but they didn't care that uh, that the guy just wouldn't sell her a ticket. Like, um, and he said, referred to her as you people. <laughs> like, yeah, just, I... This just wasn't a thing that was cared about. I don't know. I don't have the ta- the trial transcripts, but I would imagine. I mean, maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. 1946. Yeah. Since the theater would only agree to sell Desmond a cheaper balcony ticket, but she had insisted upon sitting in the much more expensive main floor seat, she was only one cent short on a tax. Her lawyer decided to opt for a judicial review rather than to appeal the conviction, and this proved disastrous. He tried to appeal the decision based on her wrongfully accused of tax evasion, not on the basis of racial discrimination. The judge dismissed the case, saying, Had the matter reached the court by some other method than by judicial review, there might have been an opportunity to right the wrong done to this unfortunate woman. One wonders if the manager of the theater who had laid the complaint was so zealous because of a bona fide belief that there had been an attempt to defraud the province of Nova Scotia the sum of one cent, or was it a surreptitious endeavor to enforce a, a Jim Crow rule by misuse of a public statute? Basically, what the judge is saying is that because the lawyer decided to approach this based on the tax evasion rather than saying she was being racially profiled Mm -hmm. um by rule of that law the judge was like no we have to we have to follow it and say that because of that Mm. rather than um he's saying that you know if the lawyer had brought it by way of she was being racially discriminated maybe it would have had a different outcome oh so we should have went that way then yeah that's kind of what my understanding of this judge's quote is hmm well, I wonder if he, the lawyer, thought that they wouldn't be able to win if they uh, tried to appeal <laughs> about her race, you yeah. know, because they would have been just like, no, fuck you guys. Yeah, and I think that's probably more of the case because if – I'll just read this next line to you. Mm. So because um, at the mm. end, he didn't bill his client. And so the NSAACP, uh, who had helped Desmond out uh, to raise the money for this, they decided that they would use the money – um, that they had raised to either, rather continue their fight against segregation in Nova Scotia. Okay, well, that's that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but change didn't happen quickly. However, Desmond's choice to resist the status quo and the level of community support that she received revealed a mobilization for change among members of Nova Scotia's black population who were no longer willing to endure life as second-class citizens. In 1954, segregation was legally ended in Nova Scotia. However, the personal cost for Desmond was high. Her marriage ended, and Aww. she closed. Yeah, and she closed her business and moved to Montreal. But why did her marriage end? I think, I mean, she, her husband didn't want her to fight, right? Right. So I think. Yeah. So you never stand up for any causes you believe in, okay? Okay. <laughs> Desmond eventually settled in New York City, and she died on February seventh, nineteen sixty-five, at the age of fifty. The minister of her church later reflected on her life, saying, This meant something to our people. Neither before or since has there been such an aggressive effort to obtain rights. The people arose as one and with one voice. 
is my conviction that much of this positive action that has since taken place stemmed from this. Desmond is often compared to Rosa Parks, given that they both challenged racism by refusing to vacate seats in white-only sections and contributed to the rise of the civil rights movement. In 2010, Desmond was granted a posthumous pardon, the first to be granted in Canada, thus removing her conviction from the historical record. The Crown and Right of Nova Scotia also apologized for prosecuting her for tax evasion and acknowledged she was rightfully resisting racial discrimination. <laughs> and acknowledged that that tax evasion stuff was bullshit. Yes. In late 2018, Desmond became the first Canadian woman to appear alone on a Canadian banknote. Oh, 2018, okay. Also the first non-royal woman and the first black person. Desmond appears on the $10 bill. She was also named a National Historic Person in 2018, as well as appeared on a postage stamp, and has been the subject of a Heritage Minute and had a ferry boat in Halifax named after her. Ooh. So Dakota, what do you think? I thought that was really interesting. I think that them whites, man. <laughs> no that, that that is uh just super shitty that ha- that happened to her and i i'm glad that she didn't listen to her husband and that she actually was like no i'm fighting this and really stuck to her guns you know and i think that you know really with her was it her church or whoever paid the her church and or... then the nsc no nsaacp association Right, the National Gun Association. No. No? Oh, sorry, I got that wrong. Um, I must have misheard you. Anyway, <laughs> the NCAA, uh, YMCA, they, I feel like with her, they like, they were like, ah, oh, this is our chance kind of thing. Like, like to, you know, like they really wanted to, I don't know. I just think it's, it's good. They had this one person that they were like, oh, this person's standing up. Maybe we can make a difference. And so, yeah. Just really cool. And it's cool that she's on the $10 bill. After we're done this, I'm going to look that shit up. Because <laughs> I, I I don't carry money anymore. <laughs> Just cards. Just cards. Or loony-shaped lo- coins. Loony-shaped coins. <laughs> that, um, so I give this 7.8 polite Canadians out of 10. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm so polite. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, feel, I felt like I was being gracious with that 7.8. Oh, so. you didn't think I deserved that good of a num- on mark? No, no, I do. I do. <laughs> My marks have been really low lately. Have they? Yeah. No, I felt like 7.8 was pretty good. Mm. Oh, you, you don't want to settle for anything less than an 8? Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Will I sleep on the couch tonight? We'll find out. Stay tuned next week. <laughs> Does Dakota sleep on the couch or not? <laughs> Well, that's all the time we have for this week. A really short amount of time. (laughs) We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to hang out with us. If you enjoyed listening to what we had to say, please download or subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google. Leave a review or tell your friends about us. Or if you want us to have a Patreon, let us know in the comments. And if you want to stay in contact or see behind-the-scenes action, you can follow us on Instagram at The Reluctant Historian. Or if you want to shoot us an email with future show ideas or corrections you may have noted, you can email us at thereluctanthistorian at gmail.com. So, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. And remember, I'm poor and need to pay for school, and I'd rather not start an OnlyFans, so if you could e-transfer some me some money, that'd be cool. <laughs> no? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.